the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Streaming now on TuneIn.com and Radio.com. AM 1220 KDOW. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the shoe. We have down markets. Down markets. Uh, 10-year treasury pops, 1.77. Whoa. As that moves higher, it becomes a headwind for stocks, meaning it's to be tougher for us to succeed. Only because the cost of money, when it's cheap, we go, well, we're not getting anything for leaving our cash in cash. Therefore, we might as well put it to use. What do we get in bonds? Not good enough. What do we get in stocks? Wait, wait. We've done that well in stocks. Let's just keep doing stocks. That's the idea. It's oversimplified. Don't freak out on me. Stocks opened lower today as interest rates jumped another leg higher. It should mean you'll pay more for a mortgage in three to six months. It should mean you'll pay more for credit card debt or your revolving line of credit that might be tied towards the 10-year treasury. It should mean that the discussion to borrow money starts at a higher rate, 1% higher than it was last year at this time. To you and me, that doesn't sound like a lot. But it's exponential year over year of a, it's still low. It's still low, but it's a trend. The 10-year treasury yield is rose to 1.76%. It closed yesterday at 1.72. It hovered around 1.65. We continue to watch this, and it stuns me that I can somehow milk it for another piece of content here and there because it's not that entertaining to talk about. Snap and Pinterest are down today. Other tech stocks sliding Roku. Upgraded the stock to buy from hold. Roku started by content. Aren't they that streaming stick company that kind of ties together all your streaming apps? 
Yes. Google filed today, or Alphabet, stifle upgraded stock to buy from hold more on Google later. American Airlines, slightly higher, getting an upgrade today. McCormick. I've done more cooking from home this year. And I'm always fascinated on what I'm good at, what I'm bad at. I'm really good with a cast iron skillet. But sometimes the, you know, am I going to do a cream sauce tonight? Am I going to do like an apricot preserve sauce? What am I going to do? It kind of gets in my head. And sometimes I'm just like, how about blackened pork chops? (laughs) How about like we just go real simple? And I think spices. There's nothing wrong with having a spice company like McCormick in your portfolio. Ticker symbol is MKC. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about here, okay? You're like, spice company? Yes, spice company. Go to the whatever screen you use to take a look at stock charts. You can go to yahoo.com and hit the button that says finance. If you go back to 1997, this was a $6 stock. McCormick, now it's a $92 stock. What? What? (laughs) Exactly, right? Now, I would say in the last two years, it's had massive outperformance, going from 40 bucks a share to 90 bucks a share, up 100% in two years. During the pandemic, I'm looking for it. it. It didn't really budge much. So it didn't have a lot of downside because we're going to continue to use spices. We're not, I'm going to get canceled. I know I am. We're not the British where we just boil our chicken. We like to spice it up or zest it up. And I think it's fair to say millennials have a problem with spicy. They may need to go see the doctor. Um, In large part, if you take a look at any of the Doritos that are out there, Flaming Hot, Sriracha, Anything to move product has spices on it right now. Right? Just throwing it out there for you. So I'm not against a McCormick. It's probably the most boring stock you could buy. Salt and pepper. Oregano. Black and Cajun. Spices. Like, but I have more, I have a drawer dedicated to spices. A whole drawer. That's too much. I mean, you get this idea like, but I buy my spices only as much as I need at Whole Foods. I'm like, I ain't going at Whole Foods because it's a whole paycheck. Sorry. Sorry, lady. You're not going to fool me on that one. Godzilla versus Kong is being released into movie theaters. $122 million already made internationally. I'm stoked to say that out loud. I'm not saying we're back, baby. I'm not going to go all, you know, sports announcer on you. Baby! We're back! We're back, 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 back. But it is nice to see. Now, again, in the coming weeks, will we pay the price for reopening? Florida certainly looks like they are. Man, some of those Florida uh, spring break ventures are just awesome. Just throw it out, out there for you. Um, I'm stoked that we're talking about movies making $100 million. A, I think they're a nice fantasy relief for us. And B, I think they're a nice fantasy relief for us after a year of being freaked out and anxious about germs flying through the air. Um, Again, I'm still being very, very cautious to the point that I want to go, but I won't. But will I watch it Wednesday night with my boys? I will. We prepared in the last couple of weeks by watching Kong and Godzilla. 
And my kid was like, is that really Bobby Brown? I'm like, yeah. So I think they've got a little bit of a crush on her from Stranger Things Netflix, right? Which I totally get. I think it's great to have crushes. I think it's fantastic to have crushes. Anyhow, and anyway, let's take a look at the stock market, shall we? Negative open tech sector weighs in as a negative today. Relative strength in financial stocks. Um, there is a pretty good story out there at this point in time tied towards banks starting to pay dividends again. And why now may be a good time to start thinking about buying a dividend-paying stock. There's a lot of talk on Wall Street from my friends about Democrats are poised to raise taxes on business and the rich. It looks like we're looking at somewhere two to three trillion dollars of new taxes to cover three to four trillion dollars in infrastructure spending. That can have a serious side effect consequence on the stock market. So is now the time to look for something boring like McKesson or not McKesson? I'm sorry, McCormick. Oh, big difference between those two. Now's a great time to start shopping less on what you consider value and what you consider growth. Um, I'm not saying this is, you know, kickball. You don't have to pick one or the other, but you should have a shopping list. And that's why I put together that segment the way I did for you. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Podcast is Rob Black and Your Money. Available at Apple, but you can f- subscribe to it at robblackshow.com. Find me online at robblackshow.com. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. I'm Rob Black. of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union with 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs. Now, back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black, on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Back in the 1990s, internet stocks were starting to take off, and a lot of wealth was created. Here we are, 25 years later, and some of the people that we knew from back then were still still kind of bounce around. There was a mutual fund uh, manager who I liked a lot, Garrett Van Wagner. Um, I don't know where he is anymore. Very pompous guy. Very, like, I'm the greatest ever, without saying that, the way he carried himself. I think I've told you about the information age funds from Robertson Stevens. They did great during the tech boom. One that did kind of boom and bust, even during a booming period, was a man named Ryan Jacob. And he was, if you were watching football 25 years ago and Joe Montana throws a, a football 
down the field and scores a touchdown and wins the Super Bowl. And you're like, that guy who caught it, I kind of remember his name, but I kind of forgot. That's Ryan Jacobs to me. If I were on Jeopardy and you were to say, founder of the Jacob Internet Fund in the 1990s, boomed and bust, uh, had stock picks like America Online and Yahoo, I'd say, Brian Jacobs, you gave me too much information. And then I would get it wrong because I didn't say answer in the form of a question. Who is Ryan Jacobs? His internet fund tripled in value over the last year, up 300%. And he beat 99% of his peers. The dude's still around. And he's kind of got this John Stamos thing going on that I remember from back then that I see right now. He hasn't aged. He talked about five stacks he's betting on for significant upside and two fang stocks that he thinks will grow 20 to 30% per year. What's interesting about Ryan Jacobs, when he had his internet fund, ticker symbol is J-A-M-F-X, J-A-M-F-X. Um, it's up 201% over the last year. It's easy to assume, well, he just owned Peloton and he got lucky. It's not how it played out. He tends not to go after large cap or mega cap companies. He didn't get into Apple when they had an 80% up year. That's not part of his performance. It's not Tesla. The names that he owns are names like Digital Turbine and Square and Twilio, Zillow, Mongo, and Twitter and Sharpspring. None of them are Netflix, Amazon. Where are they? They're internet companies. It's confusing. He goes more small cap, mid cap. Now, two of the stocks that he thinks will continue to grow well in that Fang universe, Facebook, Alphabet, Amazon, Netflix, Microsoft, Two of the names that he really likes, Apple and Google. Yeah, I got them all, I think. Um, but he thinks they're going to grow at 20% or more, Facebook and Google. These are companies, in his words, I'm quoting, that are large. They're generating lots of cash flow. In some cases, Google, they're buying back a little bit of stock. Multiples, in my opinion, they're not that demanding. Do I think there will be some multiple compression? Maybe. But here's the difference. Google and Facebook are going to grow 20 to 30% for a year for a while. They're growing at significantly above market rates. He's a little less confident on Apple and Microsoft. Do I know him? No. In the first hour of the show, I talked a little bit about not using someone that you've never met's advice. So not listening to this guy come through my mouth, going through the airwaves, going to your radio. Let me give you a couple ideas of some of the things he owns. Digital Turbine provides firms like cell carriers and device makers with a platform for app installations on cell phones. A lot of carriers are trying to monetize their user bases. They're kind of tired of large Internet companies getting all the economies and economics benefits from their users. By kind of selling real estate on devices and making money through app installs, which is big business for a lot of major internet companies, they're able to capture some of the economics. So customers include Verizon and AT&T. So again, if you think Apple and Google are going to sell a lot of phones and Samsung, 
But Verizon, AT, or the service providers, the service providers kind of want something for their time and effort other than just the hardware sale and the relationship with the wireless services. Another stock to be like, oh, and by the way, ticker symbol, consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks I ever mentioned. Apps, APPS, APPS. Another one he likes is Optimize RX. Again, stocks you've never heard of. And yet when I take a look at the last year that it's had, going from $8 a share to 45 ticker symbol OPRX, offers prescription coupons to doctors for their patients, but has grown into kind of a communication platform as well. It really turned a whole messaging platform where they monitor patient compliance and they want to make sure their patients are filling prescriptions. That's actually a very big issue. And doctors are very hesitant to prescribe medicines that they feel a patient won't actually go out and buy and take the medicine because of price. So Optimize fills an important role there. Is it perfect? No. Um, consultant broker advisor for action Twilio. I think we all kind of heard Twilio. It's a two-way messaging service for businesses to interact with customers. One of its first customers was Uber. It's forced businesses to turn to the service. Twilio is best positioned in the space. There's competition, but what you'll find is that their reliability is much higher than their competitors. Twilio has moved into a call center business, and an effort to modernize it increases its total addressable market. I do like Ryan Jacobs. I'll be honest with you. Some of his stock picks won't fly with me. Some of them all instantly go, I kind of get it. Excuse me, I've got some crazy allergies this time of year. Zillow, it's a real estate website where users can browse for properties to buy and rent. You think they've benefited from the low interest rates on mortgages, but some moves the firm has made has set them up well, too. One that he likes is the iBuying, or the ability for users to make a cash offer for a property online. They've moved to compete with Open Door, which offers to buy houses quickly but on a discount to save time and hassle for sellers to unload their properties. Zillow has a very large user base. They send me an email every couple of weeks telling me the price of my homes. Um, I look at it, and I want off it and throw it in the trash, right? Cooling off in real estate may hurt them, but there's going to be high demand down the road, lower the needs for iBuying, and sellers can easily offload properties at high prices. Their margins have been outpacing what it was initially guided for their businesses, so they seem to be executing quite nicely. I see the millennials as not really wanting that old-fashioned real estate agent. I'm not saying he's right or wrong. I'd say that he was a star 25 years ago who came back on my radar with his stunning performance in the last 18 months with small-cap, mid-cap stocks you've never heard of. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. I was clean, I was young and an actress. Portions of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union. With 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs, visit ProvidenceCU.org. Now back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black, on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDOW.
the Luminaires is one of the bands that has recorded a concert that movie theaters are scrambling to put on their screens as a way of getting people to come in and buy popcorn and soda with a huge markup. We're still not there yet, but it's great to see Godzilla versus Kong pulling $122 million last week internationally. The biggest movie since 2020 started. Even in those few weeks before we started shutting down the world in the pandemic, it's great to see that, yes, maybe we'll get away from saying, oh, the Lumineers are going to have a concert on a movie theater screen. That was recorded three years ago. Spotify is moving into live audio. Speaking of entertainment, they're going to buy a company called Betty Labs, the maker of live audio social app Locker Room that's focused on sports. I'm like, Locker Room. I wonder if that's like an Eli Manning retires from football. He's going to do something. A little bit. Company plans to expand Locker Room into enhanced live audio experience for more of its creators and fans. Spotify is betting on a future of live social audio with its acquisition of Lightspeed Ventures. I just wish Spotify had more to fall back on. Apple Music can do the same exact thing that Spotify does. Spotify can't do the same exact thing Apple does. Users flock to the app to gather in virtual rooms to discuss anything from Bitcoin to wellness. Clubhouse has been downloaded 12.7 million times as of March 14th. It is one of those hot apps. Social media companies are entering the live audio space in an attempt to win some of that market. Twitter entered the competition with Spaces. Facebook is working on a new audio chat product. Microsoft is reportedly interested in chatting app Discord to the tune of $10 billion. I'm like, Discord's a gaming platform for it's a little bit more than that, though, too. But again, if you're going to live stream something, you got to have an app that kind of maybe works outside of the game or works. So you're running two things. You're running a TV stream and you're running an audio stream commentary. TVs tend not to have microphones built in, so you kind of need two to make it work. Big, hot, juicy trend right there. Fidelity's $110 billion Contra Fund is going to space. Contra Fund is fantastic to me. Um, It's thinking long-term. It's not thinking the here and now. It's thinking the long-term. So when it, it buys things, it's like, oh, I get it. $3.8 $3.8 trillion in assets, a couple billion dollars in private companies is not a huge part of it, but they've owned some unicorns like SpaceX and TikTok's BitDance. BitDance is, makes the app TikTok, which for the record, you can get lost in TikTok. They do a little thing where they're showing the trending videos. And you can just watch 15 seconds of people putting on makeup or 15 seconds of people making an egg or 15 seconds of people showing you how to hack a dryer. Like, let me give you one that uh, is a, a classic example of, did I just waste 30 seconds on that? And the answer is yes. It was, um, watch this dryer hack on TikTok. It'll amaze you. Uh, dishwasher dryer. You know, like it, sometimes you open your dishwasher and all the glasses have water on them and like maybe a bowl tipped over and it's filled with water. And you're like, oh, they're not even dry. Even though I ran the dry cycle, the heater thing in it. My dad was so frugal. We weren't allowed to run that heater thing. We had to get towels and dry off the dishes after a dishwasher ran. 
that's frugal. But not a bad way, in my opinion. So anyway, the hack goes, um, when it's done washing, and it's going to that dry phase, uh, open it up a little bit and put a hand towel halfway down and close it back up. And ta-da, the hand towel absorbs all the steam, the steam turns into water, water doesn't sit on your dishes. What? That's the idea. But I'm like, that's a long time for you to say, Rob, well, what were you talking about? We are just talking about Phil, these, uh, long-term contrafund? Yes. Um, so they own some stuff that you can't own, like SpaceX right now. That might be a way for you to go. Or the contrafund may be, when you take a look at the holdings, contrafund has a lot. They're kind of like a venture capitalist. They own a company called Nuvation. 23 and May, Carbon, WeWork, Allbirds, Tanium, Zen Payroll, Zomato, ByteDance, Kazoo, Nuru, Zipline, Fanatics. These are all companies that are like, I wish I had the IPO. Well, now is your time to get it. The Contra Fund. Now, here's the kicker. How does the Contra Fund fit into your portfolio? I don't know. I'm like Mr. Han from Fast Times at Richmond High. Spicoli. Um, you'll have to like check it out to, to see if you're part of what I'm putting down. The Fidelity Contra Fund may be a trading vehicle for me, or it may be an investment vehicle. It has massive years and massive falls. So, for instance, in 2018, it went from $14 a share all the way down to $11 a share. That's a pretty big drop for people. But since then, it's gone from $11 a share all the way up to $16 a share. I don't see anything in the performance that is spectacular. But it has SpaceX and things like that. That's right. So to me, it seems like a rental vehicle because you see, well, it's not really, though. Because if you go all the way back to 1990, which makes it, what, 30 years of performance, it's gone from a buck eighty-two to $16.70, which is amazing. Do I expect it to, to do that again in the future? Maybe not quite that run, but I would be very interested if we had a bad market for a couple weeks and this were to drop down to $13 a share. I would say I kind of want to own SpaceX's and the BitDance's, the TikTok, which are going to come public. I want to own a company that's going to benefit from that, but I don't know how to get those companies. There's an IPO fund. There's Fidelity Contra Fund. A Fidelity Contra Fund is Fidelity, and Fidelity is a big old house. So people in the professional industry of financial planning and stock picking, we use it all the time. In the fund, Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft, Apple, Salesforce, Netflix, Adobe, Alphabet, but also, like I was saying, they've got 30 or 40 non-traded companies that will eventually be traded and converted into, hopefully, a big winner for them. But one of the ones that I slipped in there was WeWork, which they probably paid more than it's worth now for showing you that venture capital is truly risky. But a lot of people kind of push that aside. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more. I think I did this story in the first hour, not so much in the second hour, but a company called Mischief has modified a pair of Nike Air Maxes 97s. They once did one shoe called the Jesus Shoes, which had holy water. And its soul drawn from the river Jordan and was blessed by a priest. 
Now little Naz is coming out with the opposite of Jesus shoes, Satan shoes. And it's got the Nike logo and what was once white leather has been dyed dark red, crimson red. There's a drop of blood put on it. And it appears that little Naz X has been seduced out of what appears to be the Garden of Eden as it falls into hell and gives the devil a lap dance. Um, did he just say that on air? Yes. The shoes sold out in one minute. And Nike's not happy because their, their logo is all over this. It's got a pentagram on it. They don't want the pentagram next to the swoosh. Oh, I get it. And it's selling for $1,000 and $18 per pair. And they just look like modified Nikes. I wonder if that's legal. That's what a lot of people are going to be saying in their head. I wonder if that's legal. And Nike's trying to protect their brand. 800 516 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Um, I saw an interesting piece on Dave Ramsey the other day. I'm not a big Dave Ramsey fan. I just don't think he's financially complicated. And I think he oversimplifies stuff incorrectly. His S&P 500 returns, for instance, um, he doesn't understand how average returns and compound annual growth works. So he's one of those people who's kind of a, in my opinion, just marketing versus understanding. You can't afford to put a rosy assumption about how investments will perform when you're setting savings goals. To me, when he says things like, you shouldn't have debt, that makes me cringe. I get that we would all be better off without debt if we could buy a house with cash, if we can get an apartment without a, a credit check. I get it. But to me, um, credit and debt kind of go hand in hand. They don't really offend me. They help me accomplish financial tasks like a, a roof over my head. I started saving by putting money into my principal and interest. Now, the interest isn't worth it. I pay the interest, on, but I'm paying down some principal. I don't think you can be so definitive that you love people from Arkansas with people from San Francisco or L.A., Chicago, New York, and some of us who fall in between. And again, I'm saying low-income earners, mid-income earners, high-income earners. I get paying off debt is important, but I also get a mortgage is good debt because it's low-cost money. I get saving for your kid's college. You should start sooner than later. I think you should start saving for retirement sooner than later. I think you should start saving up three to six months of emergency money. He doesn't do it for me. I get if he does it for you, but he doesn't do it for me. I just think in financial jeopardy, I'd kick his butt. And he want to be close. Alex, I'll bet it all on the Daily Double. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money investing. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. The overall market is getting beaten up today. 
financials are doing well with higher interest rates. Financials have had a nice run. We've started talking about banks paying more of a dividend, being out of the penalty box, and returning some of their cash to shareholders and benefiting from the higher interest rates. The higher interest rates are not very good for high valuations. High valuations sit on Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Google, Netflix, Tesla. So one area that benefits from higher rates, banks, one area that benefits from lower rates, tech. Is it that simple? Kind of is. Is that the way to play it? I don't know if I would. Market be in trouble right now because of a massive stock glut. 2020 was the year of the SPAC. And I think you know what spackle is, right? It's when you paint and you touch up your walls. It ain't that easy in investing. Investing, we've created some companies that are blank check companies. They're already publicly traded and they got cash and an owner who's willing to sign a check. There's been some big secondaries from the IPO market. The initial public offering can equal what if they do a secondary? For instance, Tesla did two secondaries to the tune of billions and billions of dollars as their stock rose. So they have a war chest of cash. An initial public offering brings in cash. A SPAC IPO brings in someone writing a check to the company. And secondaries all contribute to how many shares outstanding are out there in the market. How many companies? Um, there's so many at this point in time. Lemonade and Aztec and Viacom CBS have all done massive floats of new shares. And sometimes that takes a little while to be absorbed into the market. I feel a little bit like that right now, in my opinion. In the coming days, I'll talk about Nike and how they're becoming more of a tech company, but I don't feel that I have time to give it justice right here, right now, so I'll pass on that. The Fed bailout bank dividend hikes, according to the Federal Reserve, which, again, they're kind of, um, they... A lot of people don't like the Fed and find it to be a controversial group, kind of like the NCAA. Boy, did the NCAA bungle it this year with women's basketball, giving the women's tournament team in a bubble a gym that looked like a Holiday Inn gym, and giving the men basketball teams a gym that looked like something Arnold Schwarzenegger and every Hollywood like muscle head works out at. Totally different. Yes. But the NCAA is a lot like the Federal Reserve, in my opinion, where people don't understand what they do. Why do they exist? No one votes for these people. Who? What's the like? There's a lot of questions. They fight inflation. They, they, in theory, keep job creation um, as a big important thing to them. Friday's going to be a job report. I would say, if I were a betting man right now, that jobs report is going to be the biggest piece of economic data out this week. And for the month of April. And it happens to happen on the first Friday of the month. So you're saying, like, nothing else in April will matter? That's not true. There could be some readings on inflation, retail sales, home sales. But the jobs one kind of drives all those, in my opinion. So we have a massive 
economic rush going on with spending from the federal government and saving from the individuals. Our economy is hot and it's on fire, even though you don't think it is. A big question is, how does COVID-19 play out its final act? And will it be like a Freddy from Nightmare on Elm Street or a Jason, where even after you think you've put an axe in the bad guy's head, you see his fingers twitch in the last second. And he jolts off. And he has a machete and he cuts off your head in the movie's over. Da, 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 da. You can't kill evil. I know you're saying, Rob, you're off the rails right now. Yes, I'm off the rails. I too much lemonade last night. Uh, mega cap stocks and tech stocks. Um, under pressure right now. Small caps are doing well. Relative strength in financials as yield is something that's intriguing to people. The Federal Reserve, who I keep getting to start and say, it looks like they're going to allow banks to start paying dividends. That's a good thing. If banks pass the central bank's annual stress test, an exercise that measures their financial wherewithal under a variety of economic calamities, we don't want banks to fall willy-nilly. We don't want their CEOs to get too aggressive and too smart for their pants and say, well, we're going to give away money, and then in a couple months from now, we're going to ask the uh, government for money. Keep an eye on financials. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Hmm. I did hear some interesting stories over the last two days about some billionaires who were concerned cryptocurrency is going to totally implode. I do not like what I'm seeing in the NFTs. That's pure speculation. The non-fungible tokens, when people are buying an article from the New York Times or Time Magazine or digital art by Bleeper or Beeple, I'm sorry. Bleeper's funny. That's going to be my digital artist name. Or the Grob Gronkowski's non-fungible token. I don't like seeing them go for thousands and hundreds and thousands of dollars. It's millions that it doesn't make sense to people. And I think it kind of contributes to speculation and greed and fear are something you need to stay away from if you want to be a success. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more. Target just hit a new high. You can do it with McCormick. You can do it with Target. You can do it with Amazon. There's many ways to skin the cat. It's called the investing landscape. No. Find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.